Um, a few months ago, um, I was reading an article in The Atlantic um, about the decline of religion in America. Um, those articles, frankly, are not all that uncommon these days. There's dozens of them. They're written all the time. There's constantly a new one coming out. But this article felt a little bit different than the others. Um, the author, at the end of the article, began talking about how religion was on decline in America, but that despite America losing its religion, our religious impulses have remained in the country. And at the end of the article, there was the line from our video that we just watched, um, millions of Americans have abandoned religion only to recreate it everywhere they look. Think about that one for a moment. There are these um, aspects of religion that we really long for in our lives, whether we would call ourselves religious people or not. And it's because we were created with these sort of religious impulses that are inside each of us. And so what happens when religion goes away, but our need for religious things has not? Well, actually, um, we know what happens because in America today, that's the reality that we are living in. And um, we know exactly what happens, right? We're living this in real time. We create or we elevate all kinds of things to fulfill those religious needs inside of us, right? We use all the areas of our lives to do so. I want to give you some examples um, this morning. Um, in movies right now, we have the rise of this thing called the cinematic universe, right? The cinematic universe. There are now whole movie franchises that are all interconnected um, together into this one big story that transcends any one singular movie that we might see. Are there any Marvel fans here this morning? You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Um, in Marvel, there are like dozens of movies and each one of those movies builds upon this greater narrative that's larger than any of those movies. Um, any Star Wars fans? Yeah, I thought so. A lot more Star Wars fans because it's better. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Star Wars has like 11 movies, hundreds of episodes of television, and they all fit together into this one giant, massive story. And we Americans are obsessed with these movies and we love these cinematic universes. Have you ever wondered why? Like, why is that for us? See, there's something about big stories where everything belongs in the story and everything has a place in the story. There's something about story that matters to us as people, right? We long for story in our lives. We want our lives to be a story and we long to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves, a bigger story where we belong in that story. See, the need for some kind of guiding story, one big story where everything fits together, that need is actually a very religious impulse in us. Um, we also see religious impulses in what I would call like hyper-individualism of our day, right? Like we're the most individualistic people probably in the history of the world. Super individualistic. It's amazing and it's scary how we are able to craft our individual identities today to basically whatever we want them to look like. Um, we can change our names we can change our families, right? There's the rise of this new word in the last decade or so called family. Friends and family put together. You get to pick your family. Your friends can be your new family today if you don't like your real family. 
Some of us don't. We can change our personas. We have visco girls. That's exciting. Um, we have uh, something called basic white girls. Sounds racist, might be racist, but people like being called that for some reason. Um, there are millions of other names and ways that we explain ourselves and show who we are and who our individuality is. Today, we have expanded gender to a spectrum in our country, right? If you were to log on to Facebook for the first time and it begins to ask you questions and you get to the gender question, do you know how many potential answers there are on Facebook right now for the gender question? You ready for this? 58. 58. Think about that. All in the pursuit of an individual identity. Now, if you want to adjust your biology, your biological sex, well, you can do that now to all in the name of identity. And why are we doing these things? Because identity is a really big deal for us. It's a motivating factor for us. Something in us longs to have an identity and to know exactly who we are to the smallest dot, right? We want to know all of it. You see, identity is a deeply religious impulse. It is. Um, today, we have these new communities that are popping up all around the country. Um, we have gyms that are opening up, and, and they're gyms where you can go and you can exercise and do gym things, but they're bigger than that. They're like gyms that are mixed with church, right? Like it's a deep community at some of these places. Um, in our politics, we have these communities that have developed over just the last couple years. We've got MAGA people. We've got social justice warrior group people, right? We've got all of it, a whole spectrum. You get to pick what group you want to be a part of. Um, a few years ago, there were these billboards that started popping up around the country. And on these billboards, it looked like an invitation to a church service, but it wasn't. It was a billboard for this atheistic community where they would come together. They would sing songs together. They would listen to a teaching together. And then they would meditate together. It sounds an awful lot like church, except it's not. And why are these communities popping up? Because deep community and belonging is a religious impulse inside of each of us. And you see, all these things are happening today because of that quote. Millions of Americans have abandoned religion only to recreate it everywhere they look. Think about that one today. See, there's something incredible uh, and important, I think, about all this. You see, we could look out the windows here at all the stuff that's going on with our culture, and we could be dismayed, we could be upset, we could feel defeated or angry, whatever it is that we feel about all these things. But you see, this cultural moment that we are living in real time is actually very revealing about what it means to be human today. You see, we Americans, we're trying to shed our religion Yet the irony is that we're trying to find religion everywhere else in our lives. See, the absence of religion is beginning to reveal to us that humans are hardwired for it. We long for religion and religious impulses. And so the gym becomes the place where we fulfill our religious needs, or politics does, or individualizing ourselves does, or lots of other things become that. And so in this series, what we wanted to do, hardwired for holiness, 
is we wanted to just take a look at all the ways that this is happening in our culture, that we're searching for religion outside of religion in some sense. And what we wanted to notice is that the only place we're really ever going to be able to find fulfillment to these religious impulses is in God. Like, this is the only place that's going to actually happen. We're not going to find answers out there for all those things. We're going to find them somewhere else. We're going to find them at that cross there, right? At that story. We're going to find it in this book here, right? The scriptures, the Bible. That's where you're going to find it. You're going to find it in a church community like TFRC. You're going to find it here in a space like this. We were hardwired for holiness. And when our religious impulses find their home in God, incredible things happen. And you know that. So uh, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at one of those religious impulses that's happening out there in some interesting ways. And we're going to take a look at what the scriptures have to say about it. What does God say about that? Um, We're going to dive into um, a talk about purpose like what purpose is and how God placed purpose in our lives. And so to help us reflect on that this morning, we're going to turn to our scripture reading. Our scripture reading this morning is Ephesians 3, verse 7 through 13. If you have a Bible, I'd invite you to open up there and follow along. Um, Our scripture reader this morning is Leslie Simmons. Leslie, you can head on up to read for us. I'm in church. What we do when we read scripture every week is we stand and we face the center of the room where the scriptures are. And we do this because this book matters. It's something that we even stand for, for how much it matters. So Leslie, when you're ready, take it away. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Thanks, Leslie. You all may take a seat. And I would just put my finger in this passage because we'll be back um, a bit this morning as well. Um, When I was a kid, I dreaded school. Um, I didn't like it. Um, It wasn't for me, I felt like. I wasn't good at it. I struggled to get homework in on time. Um, I was a regular in in in-school suspension. Um, And when I graduated high school, I graduated with a whopping 2.26 GPA. What's funny about that is I'm the one talking this morning. That should bother all of you. Um, Then later in my life, um, something happened. Um, I had lost my job, and I was in the car, and I was driving home, and I had this God moment where God began to speak to me. It wasn't like words, um, like literally being spoken, but God was working on my heart in that moment. And there was this moment where I felt like God said, you know what, it's time for you to step out of that and step into the purposes that I have for you now, John. And it was a holy moment, and, and I felt like in that moment, God was giving me a purpose. 
And after that, um, I said, okay, what does that look like? I, I guess I need to get into ministry somehow. And so um, I applied for college, and I got into college, and in the fall, I began going. And my college school experience was significantly different from my high school experience. Um, I actually liked it. <laughs> I don't know. It was crazy. Um, I liked my professors and my peers. And when I graduated, I graduated near, near the top of my class. It was... It was a radical transformation from my high school days. And the one factor that changed my experience of school was purpose. Purpose. You see, purpose is the great motivator for our lives. It's the great motivator for our lives. Um, when my kids need to clean their room on a Saturday morning, Becca and I tell them, hey, it's time to clean the rooms, like head on in there. And there's a transformation that happens in that moment, right? If you're a parent, you know how this works. It's like suddenly we tied like bags of bricks around their waists or something like that. And they begin moving in slow motion. Like everything's harder than it used to be. And we're suddenly really tired. I don't know what happens. Like we're exhausted now. It's really amazing. But when we tell our kids, hey, you need to go clean your room so we can go get ice cream afterwards, well, that's a very different experience, isn't it? Like, man, there's a new pep in the step. Like, let's get moving. Let's get this thing cleaned so we can eat ice cream. Purpose makes a huge difference in our lives. Um, I love how the, the pastor, uh, Tim Keller out of New York, puts it. He says this. He says, godly purpose makes high-pressure jobs bearable and even the most modest work, meaningful. I love that. I think he was right. Purpose is the great motivator for our lives. Purpose gives us the why to our lives, right? And we need a why in our lives. We are the only living things on the planet Earth that do actually only need a why for our lives, right? There's not like a zebra prancing through the Serengeti at some point and then pauses a second and says, why am I here? What's my purpose? And we would say lion food. I'm sorry, you know, I don't know. Bad news, man. Um, animals aren't concerned with purpose. They don't care. But for us, purpose is vital. It's vital for our lives. We want to know the meaning of our lives, for what purpose we might be here on this thing called planet Earth. One of the worst places we can find ourselves is in a place where we feel a sense of purposelessness, right? And perhaps you've experienced that. Um, they've done all kinds of studies on lack of purpose, and it's really harmful even for our health. Weight issues, heart attacks, Alzheimer's disease, all have been tied to a lack of purpose. And you see, we need purpose in our lives because God designed us to need purpose in our lives. Um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis 1.26 a second. I want to show you something there. If you're lost, and you're like, where's that? It's page one. That should help you. So God's, uh, this is a creation narrative, and God is creating everyone. And then when God gets to humanity, um, the first thing that God says about us is this in Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals 
and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Why did God create us? According to Genesis, so that, those two words are a really big deal in that passage, so that, not so that we can simply, you know, be alive and eat and sleep and prance on the Serengeti, right? Like there's more going on here for us. We were created so that, so that we can be God's image bearers in the world, so that we may manage the earth and take care of the earth. That's our holy purpose, according to Genesis 1. Now, in our scripture reading this morning, Paul, the Apostle Paul, expands on the so that of Genesis. Um, and there's this new reality of Jesus, and, and our purpose has now expanded in Jesus. Um, if you have your Bibles open, turn to our scripture reading, Ephesians 3, and take a look starting at verse 8 here a second. Um, I'll read this for us. Um, listen to this. It's what Paul says. He says, Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, our new purpose, or expanded purpose, is to reveal the riches of Christ, to tell the story of the salvation of Jesus, and to do all of this in this community that we call the church. That is our purpose, according to Paul. You know, if you were to sum that up kind of in the most basic way you possibly could, we might say something like, our purpose, according to God, is to join other followers of Jesus in making Jesus famous in the world. Like, that's our one purpose, according to Paul. To make it known from the top of society to the bottom of society that the salvation of Jesus has come into this world and it's good news for everybody. To go from community to community, from country to country, from continent to continent, all proclaiming Jesus, making Jesus famous and inviting all who might hear to this new reality. When we go to our workplace, we are there to do a job, right? But not so for those who follow Jesus. It's more than that. It's not our purpose for work. Our purpose is making Jesus known in our workplace. When we raise our kids, we should be striving to instill good values and character in our kids, right? But that's not the purpose of raising our kids according to the Bible. The purpose of raising our kids is to make Jesus known to our kids. That's the number one thing. When we serve the most vulnerable in our communities out there and in here, we do so because we care about them and we want to see the vulnerable healed and, ju and justice brought and, and uh, you know, their lives made better and to grow and all that stuff. But that's not necessarily why we serve the marginalized. We serve the vulnerable so Jesus might be made known. Um, on a Wednesday night, when we have a Domino's delivery lady come up, a single mom come up, Right? We don't do that simply because we want to bless her and all that, which we do. It's more than that, though. We want Jesus to be made known in that moment. What's amazing about what Paul says for us is that no matter how successful we might be, 
no matter how good our lives could be, no matter how many goals we've checked off on the list, um, no matter how big we grow our business, no matter how much we struggle or how much we've become irrelevant to the world around us, none of that matters, says Paul, because your purpose remains unchanged. Join with the body of Christ to make Jesus known throughout the entire world. That's our purpose. Amen? However, (laughs) however, today we are living in a time where people are frantically searching for purpose. Right? In the words that we just read from Paul and in Genesis Most of those folks haven't read those words. And they're probably not going to, if we're honest. Um, Today, people are looking for purpose all over the place in life. Um, Today, we are searching for purpose in our work, right? Um, College students, on average today, they will change their degree program no less than three times on average. Three times switch gears to a new field. And why? Well, we do that because we, want, we need to make sure that our job is going to check all the boxes for that purpose that we long for in our lives. And what's amazing is these folks, they graduate from college, they move on into the workplace where over 50% of us who are working are dissatisfied with our jobs today. We're looking for purpose in our work. And it might not be working. Today, we're searching for purpose in, in money, and in fitness plans, and in health, in all kinds of ways, we're searching for purpose. One of the new phenomena that I've seen is this new renewed interest in activism. And I think we are pursuing activism as a nation, right? To find purpose in our lives. Um, In the last decade, advocacy movements have blown up. There's a gazillion new ones, and there's new ones every single day that are on the rise. Um, We have, just in the last, like, decade, We've got Black Lives Matters, Citizens United, Me Too, Three Percenters, LGBT groups, Occupy Wall Street. Remember that one? That seems like an eternity ago. And I'm sure there's many new movements that are on the way as we speak. And why are we so activistic? Because we want purpose in our lives. And we think that promises the purpose that we're looking for. Makes us feel like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's why we do it. But here's the deal, folks. All the ways that we are searching for purpose in our lives out there, it will never satisfy you. It never will. It may for a minute, but that minute will fade. Um, your career, if that's your purpose, it's going to end one day. You know that. It's going to end somehow. But there's going to be a moment where you have to say goodbye to it. And then what are you going to do with the purpose of your life? Um, All these social movements that are going on, eventually that movement will either succeed or fail, but eventually it will become irrelevant. And you're no longer going to get the purpose out of being a part of something like that, even if it's a good thing. If your purpose in life right now is to parent and to be a great parent and to do that really, really well. Like that's number one on the list for you. There's going to be that harsh reality when your kids leave home and then what's your purpose going to be? Well, it'll be an identity crisis at that point, right? You see, the only purpose 
that will ever fully satisfy us is a purpose that comes from God. It's the only place that we can look. You know, the Apostle Paul had this moment where God gave him purpose. He actually sort of references it in our scripture reading. If you have your Bible, um, take a look at Ephesians 3, um, verse 7. It's kind of the beginning of our um, scripture reading this morning. And this is what Paul says. He says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. It's short and it's sweet and it says a lot actually about Paul. Many of you actually know the story of Paul, right? Paul was on the road to his way to Emmaus and then suddenly Jesus showed up and blinded him and it was this crazy powerful moment. In that moment it changed everything for Paul. From there on after, he was a different guy to the point where he needed to change his name. In that moment, Paul experienced a holy purpose from God. And it never failed to satisfy him his whole life. He would go to his death solidly knowing that his purpose is in God. Solidly knowing that. You see, it's that that Jesus wants for you, too. Jesus is offering you a purpose like you offered Paul. You know, all those other things that we chase after to get a sense of meaning and purpose in our lives will never fulfill our needs like Jesus will. Never will. Let me end with a question for you. You know, perhaps in your life right now, you know, like life has gone to plan or, or perhaps it hasn't. Maybe you're in one of those seasons where you're like, I'm not really sure why I'm here. Like, I'm not sure what to do. Like maybe you've just retired and you're like, I don't know what this next step looks like for my life. Or, or, or maybe you're living your life and you had all these plans and you thought your purpose was this thing. And then a bunch of things happened and your life switched gears and it, and it turns out it wasn't going to be those things, Right? Like maybe you went to school and you're like, I'm going to be this. And then you get out into the workforce and you end up being something different and you don't really know how to reconcile that. Maybe you're in a season where you're like, I don't know what my purpose is here. Why in the world am I here? Perhaps, perhaps this morning God is calling you to say, hold on. Perhaps your purpose is found in me. Perhaps, perhaps Jesus has something for you, just like Paul. And perhaps it's a purpose that you can carry to your grave. Perhaps. Why don't we pray? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your providence in our lives and in this world. There is not um, a small thing or a large thing that happens in your created universe that you did not have some intention in and some influence over. And God, we know that that's true for us as well. When you created each of us in this room, you did so intentionally. And you have a purpose for each of us. 
And God, so we ask you, for those of us who struggle, and we're not really quite sure, God, we ask that you just show up and you give your purpose to us. That we join the chorus of Christians and followers of Jesus, the church, in making you famous throughout the whole world. Give us that purpose, God. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let me leave you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church?